To me, my podcast listeners, welcome to another installment of the Domovec Show, where we are now analyzing the previous and past tales of the X-Men, Marvel's Mutants, the, the most historied franchise in all of comics. I'm your host, Professor Dom Torres, and here again at my side, as always, the ever-loving, the charming, the one and only Dylan Gray, my awesome friend. How are you doing today, sir? I am doing great. First and foremost, I need to take a moment and shoot a big thank you to our friend Gil who came to the shop and he said, I know how much you guys love Wanda, you know, the Scarlet Witch. So here are two shot glasses for you guys. I got a couple extra of them in my loot crate. I want to give it to you guys because I know how much you appreciate her. He's obviously trolling us, but the gesture is gesture is really appreciated. We love you so much, Gil. You're awesome. I love talking to you just regularly. So it was it was actually a really big surprise for you to bring me a gift, and we thank you so much. They're actually the box does say toothpick holders, but they're definitely shot glasses, wouldn't you say, Dom? Oh man, I I completely agree. It it, it is a heartwarming thing when when you have people supporting you and and backing you up and 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 pouring out like hey like you know one one shot of appreciation for and and that to me is honestly the best part because it's it's always whenever gifts come in or when like whether it's christmas whether it's just like a day and someone decides to give you hey like here's this or that it's always the thought that counts and we appreciate the thought we appreciate all that that all, all that so thank you gil thank you so much for for the for the Wanda stuff, you're amazing, and yeah, we love it. But I, I I it's it's a shame because I can't talk to you much or at all as regularly as Dylan. But it it is a it is a forward that I I would just like to say yay. You know what? Thank you because it is it is something. Well, he is in the Discord server, in my Discord server, so you can chop it up with him once you start posting in there, sir. <laughs> okay, okay, you're just going to throw shots at me like that. Shots fired. Shots fired. <laughs> it's but all right. shots fired with me. I no, got no, 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 to no, start. I gotta, oh, there's another before that. There, we got a lot of before that's in this. We have a lot of before this. Okay, so as you guys know, uh, we'll, we'll, one, well, two things. For one, again... If you guys want to shoot us anything, a, a, a forward comment, a pr- appreciation, a question, whatever it may be, guys, email it to at domovexpodcast at gmail.com. That's at domovexpodcast at gmail.com. You can hit us up at domovexstudio on both Twitter and Instagram. I'm always online. I'm always there. I'm posting. And same with Dylan and Mr. Dylan Gray. So if you guys have any thoughts, forwards, questions, whatever it may be, go ahead and shoot them over. And the second one, uh, the update of x because it's just what we call it and we didn't have one last week because there wasn't anything big that was announced last week but this one i guess is a little bit something forward uh marvel editor marvel chief editor cb sibolsky just went on twitter uh, yesterday when solicitations came out someone asked him where are all the missing x titles that are in april and he said that the hellfire gala is going to be this may 2021 whatever it may be there is that's the next x-men event whatever you want to call it the hellfire gala may 2021 don't miss it it's four months away anyways that's news it's something big from the again the chief editor himself so so this seems like it's going to be very marauders heavy uh very emma frost heavy 
very Sebastian Shaw heavy. That's what that's what I'm getting from this. What do you think? Oh no, I I, I completely. You know what, Emma is going to either invite a, you know get a whole bunch of guests in. You know what I want? I really what I want this from from this and from her is just like a spatula. Like we need to be fantabulous. We need to show our like we just need to show ourselves and dress up and and be formal and all that. What I am expecting from this and Hickman hinted at it in a couple of interviews on Adventures in Poor Taste. It's like he he said, yeah, just it's a everything in the future or like that we're going to put down the seeds for is essentially the Hellfire Gala and post and what happens during it will will change I guess the trajectory of politics for the X-Men. So that is something, if you're reading the Hickman X-Men comics, something to look forward to, obviously. And I I really appreciate that of the X-Office because they really write good events. Like X of Swords, though it kind of got weird there in the middle, was still a great event. And the main thing that happens with all events, there needs to be something that radically changes. Okay, otherwise it's not an event. It's just a story arc. That costs us a ton of money to read, you know, and that's why it's important that you do that. There's a lot of people that make these events that literally go nowhere. They, they just kind of end and we move on from it. Like it's like an old like 60s sitcom, you know, and I don't I don't appreciate that. I, I And that's what I like about what the X office is doing. Like no matter what, there's things that will change forever. And that's important. Look what happened at X of Swords. Apocalypse walked away. We lost the Gorgon. We lost Betsy. You know, there are things that are happening that changed forever. And I, I like that. That's what needs to happen. Right. Don't you think? I, yeah, something needs to change. Something big is going to happen. I, for one, know that two of my favorite characters are going to have a big play in with something because Mr. Dylan has not read X-Men 16 yet, but, oh man, it's going to be great. I'm going to have so much fun with it. We are both going to have a lot of fun with the Hellfire Gala when it comes. Of course, we'll do some pretty epic coverage when that comes out because yeah it's something we can't wait for okay like we can't wait for x events we just want stuff to happen and again this all happens here at the dom of x with again your two hosts so yeah right Um, i'm gonna tell you what i'm excited for and and this might obviously the nightcrawler stuff that we've been talking about i want to see the religion that he makes for the mutants but i really want to see what they end up doing with bay and cypher there's a there's so much they could do with that because now now he's got someone that can actually teach him how to fight. And on top of that, he's got a badass bitch to have his side. You know what I'm saying? So he could, he, he could, he could do, he could, he's formidable. He's got a whole island. He's got an alien cyber, cybertronic guy that's got his back. And this big badass chick that's ready to throw down for him whenever. I completely agree. It's like... There's just so much that they could do with the couple. If they wanted to, they could just make it an Araco book where they like delve into the depths of Araco. And it's but it's just like at the front, it's a cipher based story. Okay, I love good love stories. I I love relationships. I like I'm, I, like you you. I'm a sucker for that stuff. I enjoy that type of stuff. And they can also do some cool world building and all that. Okay, so we are excited. I think I like we need one of those. Like, why not a Cipher Bay book? Okay, like that should be a thing. At, at least a mini series. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> a couple one shots. It doesn't even have to. Yeah. Just it doesn't have to be much. Give me a story. I just want to see what what they're gonna do with that. And who knows where it'll be? Will it be in New Mutants? Will it be in its own book? Like, are we going to have, like, you know, uh, P- 
Peter Parker Loves Mary Jane, or Mary Jane Loves Peter Parker, I forget the name of it, which, whichever one it is, something like that, you know, like a, a love story kind of thing where, you know, there's a bunch of battling and someone dies, you know, that old love story. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, we are, we are excited for the next era of X-Men. But speaking of eras of X-Men, really want to talk about this one book that we, uh, you brought up, you were like, yo, Dom, I think it's time. It's similar in the way to the Wolverine stuff. Now, you didn't push this one as hard, but it was on your bookshelf, and you were just like, hey, you know what? Let's just, let's just deep right into it. And you, sir, had me read the wonderful Peter Milligan uh, on a book called Ecstatics, even though yes. this first arc... Happens in X Force. So before before we delve into it, let's credit the give credit where it's due to all of the awesome people who worked on this book. Peter Milligan for the script, the Alreds on the art and the colors, letters by Nate Piekos, and edited by Axel Alonso. Anyways, ecstatic, shall we? Like, I was ecstatic. <laughs> Is it, how do you? I, I was ecstatic when I, when I read the, when I when I when I was happy because I know Peter Milligan. From his stuff on DC Vertigo with Shade the Changing Man. Yes. And so it was so it wasn't like completely uh I guess like out of the blue. It wasn't like a writer I've never I haven't heard of before. Like so Peter obviously is you know, he's a he he's a he's a decent name in comics. He's not the biggest, but obviously he's done stuff there. And and again, Shade the Changing Man, uh, definitely one that people should check out. And I was like, Am I going to get Sort of something similar with this and like the weird, I guess, vibe from it. Well, this, if, if, if this book isn't that, I, I really don't know what is. Like this book is literally the epitome of just wacky stuff. And it's again, it's not something you expect from X-Force. Like that's the main thing. Yeah, because that that's the whole thing they talk about. It's They're not actually X-Force. They're a corporate put together team, Right. But they they trademarked the term X Force, which actual X Force kind of doesn't like. Um, they actually end up having a tiff with a couple of them at one point, um, and I, I thought that was a really funny thing. They're like, "Hey, if you like the name so much, you should have trademarked it." <laughs> like it's just it's little <laughs> jokes like that. You know, corporate sponsored uh, hero teams are, are always a fun read. I mean, look at we just did the all new uh, X Factor run. That's a perfect example of that. You know, it's 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 fun because there's there's this like line they tow of, of special interests and 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 political alliances and all this kind of stuff and you know they want to just in in the most part they just want to save the day but these guys are a little different these guys don't necessarily want to save the day they just want to be rich and famous I mean for the most part most of them do at least yeah it's so weird you know before we get into that I actually want to talk about something cool I found out. Uh, while I was digging through and and doing my research on the book and how it was meant to be and made out to be, did you know that this the first issue of this this book X Force number one hundred sixteen is the first issue in which it did not have a stamp of the Comics Code Authority on it? Really, first the first one of X Force by Marvel. Yeah, I was really? like, that's interesting. Was and it because I, the comic code was go the comic code was done at that point? Is that why? I think it was just like a switch and switch and turn of what 
Joko Sada wanted to do on the book. It had something to do with whatever top editorial wanted off. And it was like in line with how he wanted just a different shift for a lot of the X-Men books. And at, around this time, a lot of them were dropping the the code. I And I learned a decent uh, like part of why or what the comics code authority was from from our from Joe over over at the comic store uh but i i, I don't know i was like that's interesting i didn't i didn't know that they immediately they took it off like this was the first issue that they took off the comics code like completely yeah well it definitely doesn't have the comics code vibe at all there i mean there's drug use there's alcohol abuse there's there's blatant murder like so much yep. murder, so many people die. There's there's so nudity. There's like yes, it's it's crazy. I didn't. I was like, this is a Marvel book. Yo, yeah, it's it's so weird because like I'm I'm reading like the first opening pages. I already see like oh, there's a mature print on it. I'm like, okay, well, I don't that that could mean a lot of things, right? It could mean you know we're delving into like deeper things of. Of something that you know, like people, like teenagers or anyone younger can't, you know, might not be able to handle. The first thing I see is like two people are almost having sex, and I'm like, so this is what this type of book is going to be. And again, like with Peter Milligan, and again, like someone who who's read part of Shade of Changing Shade to Changing Man, it's like I already I already kind of know like what to expect. Well, I was like, I didn't know that he'd bring it over to Marvel too. I'm like, you know what? That's fine with me. I'm not complaining <laughs> for sure. For sure. Uh, well, I mean, I guess he would have... <laughs> I think it's the opposite. I don't think he brought it over to Marvel. I think he brought it over to DC with Shade the Changing Man. Because he was already doing it over there. Um, he was, but, he was. But all jokes aside, um, I have to say that, once again, the way to write mutant stories is with crazy powers and using them in cool ways. And... Peter just kicked, knocked it out of the park with the with the characters that he made. What was someone that stood out to you? Okay, so my favorite, my personal favorite, that's that's not named Dupe because I think we can both agree that Dupe is the best ecstatics character. Dupe I'm not going to have best. it with any arguments. Anarchist Tyke Alucard is like my favorite guy in in this one book alone. I love how he's just. So nonchalant with just like a lot of his work. Like we we when we get introduced to him, he's over here. He's in he's in like this this four seasons like five star hotel, chilling with a bunch of dude nude woman and men and all everywhere. And he's just man, <laughs> I I love him. He he's just the candid, I guess quote unquote token black character. But he's just so chill and and cool i can dig at you when or push comes to shove okay like i i res- i like people like that like the chill sort of do but but again he can take digs at you i i love him he, he was by far my favorite new character of the uh ecstatics peeps here here's what i liked about him specifically is the way he talks the way he puts himself out there he, you think that he's this bullheaded like dumb jerk but he's actually very intelligent and knows what's going on like he he's way up he's very astute he's very he's he's educated he doesn't act like it but he is which actually kind of adds a layer to his character you know he's kind of holding back a little bit there you know 
Oh yeah, no, like he knows exactly. I think what what he's des- what he's designated to do. Say on, I wouldn't even want to call these missions because they're not even essentially missions. Like like with the with the way that the corporate peeps like all up there handling and all that. But just like how he delivers himself, he's he's just like you look at him, and again, like you see at face value, it's like okay, it's clear that like maybe this guy doesn't even want to be here. Like he doesn't. No, he he knows exactly what he's doing, and he's very calculated and and deeply like into his methods. And he he got me off guard a couple of times. It's like I didn't know he could do that. I think he's just a really cool guy like that. That that's exactly what I like. Out of out of these weird, 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 weird characters. Definitely, definitely. What did you think? Okay, what did you think of the the orphan or or Mister Sensitive or whatever they decided to call him? Oh my gosh, the the orphan in I guess man, how do I, how do I describe him? So, see, okay, you know what. This is this is gonna take a weird turn because like when I think of orphan, get ready when for I think weird of turns, orphan, guys. Get ready for weird turns this whole episode. All right. <laughs> I love how like oh my gosh, like you go look at, I guess like he, there's one part I swear in the book where they're trying to figure out who the heck the leader of this team is because again it's like a corporate sort of team where you have a top guy who's this capitalist venture person who is running the team and, and paying for you know and funding the whole thing they're there i think it was like they're they're trying to figure out who the next leader was and then it just turns to him it's like he's the orphan i think my favorite part though with him definitely had to be where they were like at this press conference and <laughs> he's like i'm an orphan and the person was just like you did we didn't ask you to like list off like your like your status of of if you're if you're orphaned or not that wasn't the question i love that bit i thought it was hilarious i was like <laughs> it's it, it was just so weird i i you know what i had fun with it that that interview was fun i, I want more of that i agree and you, and they didn't hold out there was a lot of really awesome uh, uh press conferences that they did and straight up, Mr. Sensitive is the worst superhero name ever. So I'm really glad he went with Orphan. I mean, his powers are literally to be sensitive. He, he, he is his his touch, his smell, everything is super heightened to the point where like even having bright lights on his skin can hurt him. Professor X had to literally make a special suit for him just so he can get by. But his sensitivity doesn't just stop there. Like he can read people's like emotions see how they're doing things how how they're reacting to stuff they can you can find out like where there might be something some sort of sickness on them find out where a weak part might be in the wall all that kind of stuff there's a lot of use of his powers he even finds pressure points like if he hits someone in the right place they could just knock him out like that's that's a really awesome awesome power i i like it and it was used in a really cool way uh although he did cry a lot he did. Can I point out, back to what you said, how Mr. Sensitive is literally the worst Elias I've ever heard on the face of this planet. Okay, so not only does Mr. Sensitive just, just is a terrible name in general because it's like, it's, it's you add Mr. in an adjective, but not only that, 
we already have Mr. Sinister. Mr. Sinister, now Mr. Sinister is a cool name, okay? Like, it, it fits with the tone of who he is. He's sinister. He's, he's got this old big smile on his face. He's, he's a blockhead who likes steel peeps, DNA and all that stuff. Okay, it works for him. It's just, it's just like when, when I think of Mr. Sensitive, I always like, I slip up and I'm like, I want to say Mr. Sinister so badly. And I don't want to do that. So I appreciate the fact that he named himself Orphan. Because it's just, for me at least, it is really hard. Like, it's off the slip of the tongue to say Mr. Sensitive. Like, MS. Like, how do you how do you even say that? Just, like, Guy Smith, Mr. Mr. Smith. Literally call yourself something else. It's just a dumb name. I... I, why would you even call yourself that? Like, if you're going to have a something that like identifies yourself with your powers, at least like make it like make it that make yourself be the name of of say a Roman god with like a diff, like a same set of powers. Like, don't make yourself well, Mister Sensitive. Like, imagine all of the villains like when they look on like their scouting report saying, "Oh, this is who we're facing, Mister Sensitive. What is he like? You just touch him and he does something." It it just makes him weak. So it's so bad. I hate the username. I hate I hate the alias. Definitely, definitely. It was it was dumb, and you know it was some sort of corporate schmuck that came up with that. You know that they're working for, and then he he just threw it out. And I'm glad that he did because Orphan is by far way cooler and makes. It's kind of he uses it as like, like a like a mantle. You know what I'm saying? He's like, hey, I'm everybody. Every, I'm every orphan. I'm I'm out there to to like support you. You guys are orphans. I'm an orphan. We're, this is what you can do. Don't be held back. And it's kind of like a beacon of hope for other orphans out there too. It's really awesome. It is. I think it's just cool to. It, well, yeah. It just makes a lot more sense as a user or as an alias. I keep thinking username. Like how, like online. <laughs> we we, like I don't know. Because when you make an alias, you normally want want it to be something related to yourself, and something that that fits with your scheme. That's it's similar to how people online when they make usernames, it's always something that relates to yourself, even if it's a really bland username. It's a and yeah, Orphan is just much better. It fits more with his character, like the guy's parents were dead got caught in a fire they, they died and yeah he's just a better he's he's better as a beacon of hope as orphan instead of possibly mr sin like, i i could imagine mr sinister when when he has like his dna codex he's like mr sensitive that's a person's name and just but, laughing off at that and even though and though i, I as much as i hate the name I do have to say it does work really well because A, his powers are sensitive, his personality is sensitive, he has a lot of empathy out there, he always wants to do the right thing and knows what the right thing is because he can literally feel it in his skin, you know, what he, what is, what everyone needs and wants and stuff and I, I, it definitely adds to like what he is as a, as a character, as a person to, 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 not only is he sensitive of, of like physical things but also of feelings of feelings guys which can get in the way of stuff but 
Not you remember those. feelings, Dylan? I remember feelings. I've had them, I think, a couple times this year already. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> that's great. Better than last year? <laughs> Better than last year. I had no feelings last year. <laughs> None at all. I went completely numb. But I would love to talk about their uh, resident teleporter on the team. Before we talk about the resident teleporter on said team, we're going to take a quick little break to talk to you all about the amazing stuff at the Grand Kid Gathering. Again, guys, we will be right back. To my podcast listeners, The Grand Geekery is the best show for all news on pop culture, as well as a diversified variety of segments, conventions, and everything nerdy. Hosted by our very own Tyler McPhail and with Lamar Harris, the show runs twice a month and is available on all platforms. Please go ahead and check it out at The Grand Geek Gathering or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome back, guys, to the Domovex Show, where we are talking about Peter Milligan's Ecstatics, which is in X-Force, even though it's not really, because it's, it's a subsection, different section, completely, from X-Force, because that's how it works, isn't it? Yeah, let's go ahead and talk about Deep Tele... Okay, okay, you know what? Before we talk about Teleporter Girl, can I... Can I, I actually want to make this a whole entire point. Of whenever you create an X team. I believe at the core of every X team, there should be just at least one teleporter. Okay? Like, yes. you at the base, right? Like, you think about teleporting teams, you normally think of guys like Nightcrawler. Or someone like that, where you are able to bamf in one person out, bamf in one person in. And it's just essential because, like, say you're in a Knicks... Everyone's everything's about to die, or you're the place is about to blow up. You need that one person in there to ensure that everyone is alive. Okay, every, and I believe that at every single core of every single X team, there should be one person who is able to bring one person or one team from one place to another. Like how we have I it agree. on, I guess Krakoa, right? Like how we have it on Krakoa now. I know we have flowers. I know we have stuff like with gates. But guess what? Flowers don't always grow at the fastest top speed. So you need someone with instantaneous abilities to bring one carbonic organism to another place. It just it just has to work like that. I'm sorry, but I that's my opinion. Every every X team should have one teleporter. I don't care who it is. They should always have one. I agree. I agree. And here's why. How many bases are they going to go to that have a bomb, a self-destruct? You know, they need to be able to get out of there. What if there are, you know, what if it was all a trap and they, they're now surrounded by sentinels? These are things that mutants have to deal with. Avengers, okay, they don't have to deal with that too much. You know what I'm saying? They, ha they have enough armor and power to kind of take an explosion. But not mutants. Mutants are basically normal humans with just, you know, some dope-ass powers. So they, I 100% agree with you. And I think it is canon that each team, for the most part, I mean modern teams at least, have a teleporter in one way, shape, or another. I agree, and it's just a, it's just the same. Like we, every single X team should have one, and I know that the X Men have not formed. We only have two X Men, technically, right now. I hope that 
Psych and Gian get a teleporter on their team because they need it. All right, every X team needs it. Speaking of every X team, you go, girl. Okay, like what? A- yes, I love. I love that name. Okay, like I, I. It's just like a cheery. Like I know how. Like are like you know how in movies or TV shows or like the cheerleading squad or, or someone out there like just cheers like you go, girl. I don't know. I think it's a pretty. It's a- it's a decent alias. I like it. I like it as a as a superhero name. It's cool. Well, she's she's got uh, she's got dope red hair. Oh, right, so there's there's one part. But she's got dope hair. She's got grayish skin. She's got a drinking problem and family issues. <laughs> so from from what I understand, stood in the book. You go girl essentially like I guess like she grew up in some weird town and like one day she was like you know what what if I like wake up in a in a completely different place after you I I swear to like I fall, I fall asleep or whatever and like wanting out after that like her stuff like like you know like the regular Oh no, like something's happening with my body. Like every single mutant origin story, right? And she got pregnant. She got pregnant at a really young age. And after that, after she gave birth to her baby, she was literally, she literally then transported to Hollywood. I was, I was blown. I was like, how did she get to Hollywood? Like out of all of the place. And hey, I'm if I got a power and I'm just over here and there's a whole bunch of like celebrities near me, I would just be crazed out of my mind. It's like I'm in the the metro metropolis of the media. <laughs> that's insane. Yeah, and it makes uh, see, and that's another really good writing thing when you're writing mutants is you gotta their powers are manifesting through something that they're going through. Okay, for instance. Uh, anarchist you know he he was dealing he grew up in a very white country part he was he's black he grew up in a white part of the country but what with white parents because he was adopted and he always was made fun of for his skin so he would literally wash his hands so much that it got to the point where he manifested this like power to like shoot out basically like powerful sweat i just just I, I don't know how else to explain it and same with her she wanted she hated where she lived she didn't like anything that was around her so what does she do she used gets manifest the power to leave you know it's it's really awesome i i i i think that's what in the in every person that's ever written a mutant power it's very important that the origin have something to do with that with something dramatic and the connection of just how when someone is going through something and, and are subconsciously going through it, right? Like going through whatever problems they're, they're, they're into or are, are, are dealing with. When you have someone who, you know, who's writing the script and ensuring that all of these people, all of these mutants. And, and again, this is I, I, I keep like looking back when, when in this era of the of still them being in school and all that and they're not necessarily a nation where they have freedom and reign to be them without much criticism or slander or whatever it may be 
having the the characters go through this certain phase of of one part in their life and then them getting to said point or said struggle because of subconsciously thinking it or just not want to go through it i think it's great for essentially like like understanding like what they're going through how they're how they're going to you know go like where they're going to go in the future and just I thought I don't know. I really thought that this backstory was great, and and just the way that Milligan introduces again, like she's small, like she's a no name character, but the fact that like this got me to feel for her, it's 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 great. It's a testament to just how good the writing is. It really is great stuff from Milligan. Definitely, and and the cast he brings into it, you know, from from the big pink guy, who 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 like not only was a mutant but was gay like that was that was a really good thing to dive into to the to the white boy from Florida who who <laughs> who who literally has the power to make fat make himself fat and like use it as a weapon to to the to the book nerd that can be a werewolf like it, these are just all great characters great cast and great kind of things that he brought into it and their descent as well because not all of them end up with a very happy story, you know, and and that's the kind of the price of fame. That's the price of working for these corporate entities, you know, and not just being like on the X-Men, not just working with Magneto or Mr. Sinister or Apocalypse. Like this is like working for corporate America, which in as far as I'm concerned is way more, way more, uh, way more relatable evil. and all that. Junk, yeah. yeah. Well, evil too. Way more evil, I was going to say, than Mr. Sinister and Apocalypse together. Like, let's be real. Because we all know Magneto's not... Okay, Magneto's not evil, all right? Magneto's fine. I think he's fine. I think he's fine. For the most part. Yes. But yeah, it's like... And this is, this is, a, this is why I, I quit from, you know, like... As far as you know, work is concerned. I quit from two corporate jobs just because they were just not fulfilling. And you know, they weren't fun... It was pretty much do you know go to work go go do the same stuff go do the same thing every day Dom like you go in you go out and it stinks and the fact that you know, there's no nomer on you you don't get you know comparatively to like who cares like you know you're on the bottom of the totem pole you're you're you're, you're there you're small so I, I appreciate Milligan just taking all the digs at these capitalist venture businessmen. Where it's like, yeah, there are off, there obviously are problems. There are problems, I think, with every economic system you could argue. But man, like I, there there are digs you can take at at corporate capitalism, at corporate America, and he does it great. I think in these issues, it's something we needed, and it's something that is, I I, I appreciated. I appreciated like I, I like I so like when I see these people going through this stuff and with this new smaller X-Force, quote-unquote, I I thought it was great. I thought that Milligan diving into the problems of corporate America was great as well. Yeah, and that was, that was 91, 92 this came out. You know, so this is... This is pretty early on before like people were really kind of taking on corporate America. I mean, you know, in the 80s, you had a few of those corporate America bad guy movies. But this is like really dissecting and really seeing a, the kind of poison that it could be, especially for a super team. You know, that, that the, at the core, they're supposed to be trying to help people. But at the end of the day, they're just trying to raise their ratings, get more money, get more fame, get more attention, get more all that kind of stuff. I mean, they even get played by 
to fight to fight at each other at one point by the corporate fat cats. They're like, no, I want to do a video game, so we got to make him fight. You know, it's all part of my video game plan, okay? Da, 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 da. And I'm just like, God, you guys suck. But at the same time, they're helping a lot of people. They are helping a lot of people. It's just like the weird double-edged sword where it's like, yeah, I want to hate them, but I sort at the same time, I sort of get what they're doing, and there are decent peeps out there. It's so weird because, like, we find out like there's like they're they hire i forget the dude's name see see that's how many businessmen i well no like the guy we get introduced to who essentially runs a team or this sort of way i forget his name he immediately made me think of jeff bezos just because like <laughs> right this, this is this is part this is partly because of Ian Joe and all the peeps at, at the comic store. But right now, like, in my eyes, public enemy number one, Sky's, like, it literally made me think of him. I'm like, I don't like this guy. I already don't like him. You know? Um, so when, when, I, when I read all this stuff, I was like, you know what? This is pretty relatable. This is pretty understandable. And this is good criticism just throughout, just with how twisted business the side of business can get and especially that part of business and that and that sector uh of that world of of american of obviously so yeah shout out to Milligan for for writing a good deep ish story with <laughs> uh all these corporate scumbags definitely definitely and twists and turns throughout the whole way like you think it's going one direction it goes another direction left and right like Things popped out at me during these 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 different stories uh, that really really was just I don't know even like stuff that I thought I saw coming did not they went completely the opposite direction uh, like when they went when they first get the the new team together and they go down to South America and all the stuff pops up and ends up being uh, they straight up were they were set up by the government and all that kind of stuff and almost all died you know if it wasn't for for uh orphan saying you know what you guys stay back i'm gonna go in first and see what's going on if he didn't do that they all would have died and that would have been the end oh yeah it's it's crazy because like the the plot takes in again like you said like weird just just overall weird like this book really reminds me again shade the changing man grant morrison's doom patrol and what Graham was was doing on that book, it's like it's like what you're what, expecting one thing, but then the thing you get, it's not what it's it's not what you expect. It's not what you expect at all. And it's like, hey, like goodbye to your health. Literally, I I love how I think I think it was Orphan, where he's just in I think this weird restaurant or something like that, and he's talking to the coach. And the coach was just like, say goodbye to smoke and say goodbye to your mental health too. And I was like, well, my mental health after these six issues is gone right? because I, I'm, I'm literally all up in smoke. It's like I, I'm blown away by just how insane this, the, the, the plot and trippiness of this book is. Okay, like the coach guy is weird. Okay, let me just say that. And, and a coach, very bad why have we too. not even talked about coach yet? Oh, my God. Let's break that down. All right. Who's coach, Dominic? So, <laughs> the name is pretty much as advertised. He is the coach of this mutant team. I don't, the, 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 the time, like, I, I was like, I hate this guy. Like, 
anarchist just wanted to play basketball. He he was on the court. He was like, you know what? I got my basketball ready. I got it up here. I'm gonna go play. And the coach is just like, no, we're not pl- we're not pitting against each other. We're going up against like some other like a different team. And then he has Dupe take the ball from Anarchist. I was like, no. I legit thought I was getting a basketball issue. I legit thought I was getting a basketball issue in this book where Anarchist was just messing around with the basketball, shooting hoops. And as a person who loves sports, I love sports, okay? I, I enjoy the stuff. So whenever I get it in a book, I'm like, you know what? Shout out to you. It's, it's like that, like I said before, it's like that page in uh, Ten of Swords and Marauders where they put out the betting odds. Okay, I legit thought I was going to get anarchist like a bunch of panels with him dunking the ball, shooting the ball, and all of the ecstatics playing basketball. But no, the coach was like, you know what? Yeah, no, forget this. We're, we're playing against other teams. Dupe take the ball. And I was just like, I, I hate this guy. This guy ruined this issue for me. I was I was crying. Okay, I know it's minor, but that, that he that 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 stood out. I I was I was upset. I was really upset. Well, what stood out to me was uh, he was yeah, he was definitely old. He was definitely cynical. He was definitely been through a lot. I mean, the guy lost his arm and they don't even really explain what happened. They don't explain what his powers are. They're just like, he lost his arm and that's the end of it. Uh, they might explain yep. it later. I don't know. It doesn't sound like it, but we'll find out. Maybe we won't. doesn't matter. But he was, he was a really interesting cat because you think that sometimes he actually cared about the team, but then you find out he really doesn't. He, he, he wants... He wants the team to work. He doesn't care about the, the, the players, if that makes any sense. He just is looking to make the team work, to win those championships. To use a sports analogy, he's just trying to put a, a bench and a roster together and make it work. He doesn't care if people die, if people stay alive, people get fired, new people get hired. It doesn't matter as long as, as the bottom line keeps happening, as long as they steep, keep getting their numbers, as long as they keep hitting the press and getting more and more money for his corporate overlords. And he played that part really good. And it was kind of a dick move to be like that to other mutants, you know? I I just, how could you do that to your own people, you know? You know what, speaking of that sports analogy, I think it's just like, uh, I'm going to throw a curveball at you here. It's, there's a, uh, there's a football team that got hit with a scandal in 2009-2010 was called Bounty Gate where a coach was hit on by the NFL or football because they thought that the the coaches had players intentionally injure people so they could get an advantage on the field. And and I guess in in a similar way it's it's just like you said it's like the coach only cares about getting the ring. He doesn't care about what players he has on the he's just there to he's just there to grab the bag take his take his w and leave all right that's that's just his that's just his role on yeah on on ecstatics and yeah like again like the basketball stuff that i know that 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 part was petty for me but you know i'll get over it what what made me hate him well two things uh he had like double agents he had his own agents to kill or try to kill orphan i should say uh, and and he of course tried to uh, 
I try to take advantage of you, go girl. How is it just part of that? Like, yeah, I can't can't well, root for this guy anymore. No, you were rooting for him. No, I was never. I never liked him. He was always. I could always tell there was something up with him. That was the one thing that didn't take me surprised is him turning out. You see those red him. eyes? Yeah, exactly. See those red eyes, Dylan. The red eyes, bro. The red eyes that should have told you. If everything. I've learned anything. If I've learned anything in superhero comics, and this goes for every single superhero comic, if a character has red eyes, do not immediately trust him. Like permanent red eyes. This isn't, this isn't like super bad where like, oh, it's like sometimes it's glowing. No, it's like this guy's eyes are always red. Never trust red eyes. Ever. In, in literature, the eyes always t- the eyes always tell you what the character is and when when it's clear like what color they are in the comics like yeah you don't you don't you don't ever trust them ever um yeah definitely definitely um yeah never never trust red eyes that if we're gonna take anything away from this podcast guys never trust a character with permanent red eyes bottom line look at atrocitus 100 percent <laughs> Atrocitus is a whole nother. Well, he's got red everywhere. It isn't even just the <laughs> eyes. It's like he's completely this red. Boy's big. He is completely red. You know, speaking of completely red, actually, it has nothing to do with red. But <laughs> Wolverine. Okay, so yes. so here's another thing, man. Okay, my boy's so. cameo. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. If you are bloody, put your hands together because we're about to have a Wolverine segment in this Ecstatics podcast. But before we do that, I think there's one thing we should do, and that's check out all the cool stuff that the Grand Geek Gathering is doing. And we'll be right back right after this. In a world where all the largest pop figures in life are superheroes with capes, how about all the creators and characters who don't feel the spotlight as large as the others? What if I told you that there was an awesome podcast dedicated to the best creator-owned comics out there? Guys, Indie Comics is a show specified for all your indie comics needs. Self-publishers, branched-off creators, and small company powerhouses all come into play with them. Please go check out their show on the Grand Geek Gathering and all podcast platforms. That is, again, Indie Comics. Hey guys, we are back. Dylan managed to somehow pull a better transition compared to all of my other previous ones. So if you like that one, you know what, guys? That's all on him. It's good stuff, Dylan. Anyways, we're here to talk about one more cameo, and I think this pretty much wraps up for the duration of this podcast episode in particular. I, I don't... I see... Here's the thing. And this again, this comes from my bias, I know, but we all have our favorite characters, so I'm just, I'm just gonna let this one for a bit. Cyclops was in a small cameo, like he was in a, in, a, in a short panel in the first issue of the trade we're covering. Well, guess what? Wolverine was also in a small cameo in that trade we're covering, and I legit thought I was like, you know what? Is this gonna be? Is this gonna be the last we see? I see a Wolverine. Is it better be? And no. Instead, Marvel. Pete Milligan, whoever whoever did this, decides, you know what? 
why not stick Wolverine in uh, one 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 issue of this comic book? And not only that, the cover of the comic <laughs> literally has Wolverine on in his new X Men uniform on the pool table, saying, "You know, I'm only doing this to boost sales." As he uh, skints out uh, the eight ball with his uh, adamantium claws. That's what you want to call him. But hey, you know what? This was a very fun uh, Wolverine team-up, Wolverine cameo, where he's just beating up dudes. And and Dupe, okay, the best made a character who we'll get into more, uh, hopefully in the next episodes, because we're not not done with this book at all. Wolverine is getting recorded by the one and only Dupe, and he's just doing his business. And that was fun. You know what? I can't even complain. I actually appreciated this Wolverine cameo as much as it like pains me to say it. It was fun. It's always fun seeing Wolverine beat up beat up baddies. It's it it always is. All right. It's it's not even. You don't even need to get into it that much. Okay. Like he's literally understanding what the motivation of all these bad guys are, and yeah, Wolverine's here. Enough said. Well, I, I, I like how Dupe is the one that brings him in. You know, Dupe is like, yo, and you're my homie for, from way back. I want to show you this footage. I want you to see, like, this is the good guy here. Everyone else is trash. And I want you to help. And Wolverine's like, you know what? For you, Dupe, I got your back. We're gonna, I'm going to do that. And that's he does. He goes and saves... He goes and saves Mr. Sensitive when he was about to die. You know, we had Coach being the worst... And um, here comes, uh, excuse me, Orphan coming through and um, just, yeah, it was just, it was a great, it was a great moment. Having Wolverine obviously as a bloody fan, seeing him in here was, was great. You know what I'm saying? And I thought it was, it was an obvious cameo. It was an obvious kind of thing just to boost sales, putting Wolverine on a cover in a book, will always boost sales. Doesn't matter. I don't care who you are. That's definitely going to happen. So he got the cover, and they got got people to come watch. And honestly, what's an X Force book without a Wolverine like appearance? Like for real? Like what are we even doing here? Right? Oh, that is no. That is you know what? That is one hundred percent true. Because X Force at the end of the day will always be about that grit, the blood, the underneath side of this the. The domineering presence of, I guess, the dark tone of whatever. And though the story is not dark in any way, it still is gritty. It still has got a lot of blood. still got a lot of action going on. Of course, you're going to have Wolverine pop in for an issue. Of course you are. It, it just happens. But hey, again, like saving, uh, saving the peeps, saving the orphan, and just doing what he does best, which is teaming up with Dupe on a... <laughs> Uh, just on a regular, you know what? That was fun. That was really fun, and it was just a made a comment that I otherwise did not know I would appreciate until now. Like again, I I I, I respect Logan. I have fun with him. Right, he's fun. I like him. But this this was just this was just really enjoyable. Like you you just always 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 enjoy those tiny little segments and moments where you get to appreciate one's character just for just for saving peeps, butt. You know, like, it's it's heroic stuff, and that's just something you always got to appreciate. 
And it speaks volumes to his character where he can just show up and not really do much and it still be one of the dopest parts of the entire series. You know? Like, he doesn't have to... We don't have to go and deep dive into his... Into some character stuff. We don't need... We don't need ultra-violence even from him. We just need him to just walk up and be like, yo, I'm Wolverine, fuck y'all, you know? And that's what I appreciate. And Peter definitely brought that to him in this. And it was a very well-written cameo. Obviously happy to see those claws pop out. Schnick, as you know, they would say. And at the end of the day, I am very, very, very happy that my friend Mike, that I work with at the comic book store, forced me to read this book and I, I it was great it was great it was, this was an awesome this was an awesome edition and i can't wait to read more of it you know we we still got what three two more podcast episodes to break this we down. got two more we got two more on this wacky milligan stuff to go in and read i didn't know that mike was the one who brought you up to this guys if you don't oh, yeah. know mike is our mike is our awesome well dylan's co-worker my decently good friend over at the comic store who usually helps me around with figuring out what comics I'd like, which comics I wouldn't like, and trying to get me into stuff. I love him. We both love him. He's great. Definitely an eccentric tape. But you know what? At the end of the day, he loves his comics. That's all we're really asking for. And yeah, I love Mike. I, I just didn't know that he was the one who put you up to this. Oh, yeah. I yeah, did not no. know that. I, I wouldn't have even come near uh, ecstatics at all if it wasn't for him. There was always it always looked super weird to me. I never really was into the artwork. I never really it didn't have anything that really vibed with me. You know what I mean? But obviously the writing is what what the after you read it the tone really fits well with the art. You know. Mm-hmm. And. And yeah, just to speak again on this point, I, I just really love and guys. Once you read the book, and again, when you know when uh, when I announce you know what what's next on our podcast, obviously, and when you're listening to this, hopefully you will have some of it read by then, or like be familiar with the peeps or the characters in the title. Uh, I just really love the way that Milligan just delves in and explores superheroes at just the the nonsensical part of just be just being. And like with the celebrities, with the like how we like how you see superpowers and and how you know that that relates over to the fame and that aspect of it, right? It's just just a really good addition that I did not foresee in a mutant book. Like all the mutant books now, you know, they circulate around again the hated and, and feared aspect of it, but but becoming the culture. This is sort of just a nice take on just looking at the lenses of how again like the fame and and the and that aspect of it just affects superpowers i thought that was a really really cool thing that milligan brought in with this part of x-force and again it's just one like reading a lot of you know x-force and expecting something different it's just a nice it's a really nice breather it's like i didn't i didn't know that it go like this, but it did, and I'm really glad that I read it. Yeah, it, def- it definitely, I, there's nothing boilerplate at all about this book. There is nothing normal about it. It's definitely a, a strange take on, on the whole mutantdom in general. And uh, excited to read the rest of this and see where it goes. Yeah, it's weird because, like, I, I, I'm in a comic book server where, like, they're and one of the channels in the Discord server has, like, a live reads thing. 
And the person who was reading it, she was like, it, she posted like all of the dupe panels we, we have. And, and we'll, again, like once we delve, continue to delve into the story, but we're going to have like a 20 minute section on how dupe is awesome. Okay. That's just going to happen. I'm, I'm already going to say this. It'll be there. But she literally posted a whole bunch of like dupe panels. And I'm like, where's this from? This doesn't look like all new dupe or any of like the other new t- titles. And she was like, oh, this is from Pete Milligan X-Force. And I'm like, Milligan wrote X-Force? That doesn't seem like a book he- he'd write. And she's like, yeah, no, it's like this this weird team called Ecstatics. I think you'd like it, Dom. You should check it out. Uh, and and then I guess, yeah, now I'm here. And again, I just did not know what to expect from this book. But the character stuff is done really well. Uh, and and looking back on it and and again the how the mutant metaphor was was used in in this section of history just a really good intriguing read guys it's something that it's it's something that you never i think would expect from a comic book and again especially not x-force but it is a take that is very welcome i love it and it is something that i think a lot of people should read definitely and should be out there Definitely put it on. We're having even. We're, we're one third of the way through our ecstatics run here, and I'm already telling people. Yes, I agree with Dom. It is something that needs to be read if you are an X Men fan, hands down. Hands down. Speaking of hands down, I think we're gonna have to cut this part of the pod, or this one third of the three thirds of the three parter that we are gonna be doing. Uh, on this uh, X-Force ecstatics, whatever you want to call it. I'm ecstatic for the next part. I don't yes. know about you, but I definitely am very ecstatic Super for juice. the next part of this this podcast. So anyways, Dylan, of course, uh, I'd like to thank you. And again, like if you guys already haven't heard, we already had two commercial breaks on it. Okay. Shout out to the Grand Geek Gathering for hosting this podcast. You guys are all awesome. Shout out to Tyler for producing. And as always, like they again, they're awesome. Please go check them out. TheGrandGeekGathering.com podcast articles, right? You literally name it. Like literally every single one of your nerd needs. If you if you want to do something with movies, you want you know, comic books, whatever it may be. Literally all of pop culture is at the top uh, at the Grand Geek Gathering. Go check them out, guys. And again, Dylan, uh, thank you for joining me in this weird little bedabble of a reading we'd like to call uh, ecstatic. So, yeah, thank you again for being my guest on this podcast. Always, always. always awesome to have you here. Definitely, definitely. And until next time, guys, we'll see you. On the Dom of X.